Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park You are now listening to the hottest true crime podcast in the streets. Yes, yes. Hello. Welcome to another episode of Affirmative Murder. I am Alvin Williams, joined as always by my partner in true crime, Francel Evans. Oh, yes. Wait a minute, Mr. Postman. Yeah, man. I'm the mailman. Can't you tell, man? Gonna post What's going on, Fran? How you feeling, man? Pretty good, man. How about yourself? I am off the wine, dummy. I just got back from a family <laughs> <What>? function. <laughs> I'm turnt, man. I'm turnt, man. Uh, my mom, I just met my mom's boyfriend tonight. We had a yeah. good time. Uh, you got a a brief preview last week when she FaceTimed. I finally met Richard tonight. We had a lot of interesting conversations. He's mm-hmm. a very interesting man. Had a good time. Um, but we that the extent of that conversation took place over about three bottles of wine. Okay. So um it's Saturday. We're you know, we're trying to get this get this time in, get this podcast recorded. Yeah. And you know, the show must go on, but I am turned. So yeah, that's man. just a fact. Anyways, uh I wanted to uh touch on Last week we discussed the Baba Wallace situation. Mm-hmm. I believe that Bubba. was Baba Wallace. Yeah, Baba Wallace. Yeah. What did I say? You said like Baba Wallace. <laughs> it's gonna be a lot of that. It's gonna be a lot, yeah. of, it's gonna be a lot of that. This, it's gonna be a lot of that this episode, man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the Baba Wallace situation. So what happened was apparently the FBI investigated. They said, "Hey, man, that wasn't uh, a hate crime. That yeah. was just uh, a garage pulley." So sure, he's he's Jesse Smollett. Smollett. Yeah. That's you know that's. The internet attacked Bubba Wallace for that. You're a liar. You faked it. You made up a thing to yeah. get attention. And then uh, NASCAR released the photo, and that noose looked a lot like a noose. Because so, it was a noose. Yeah, I, I don't. <laughs> I, um, it would be. Imagine if somebody uh, tied their shoes that way. Because to me, a garage pulley is just like a string that you use to pull something knot. down. So imagine somebody tying their shoes in a noose. Yeah, and you go. Oh no, that's just how I tie my shoes to keep them sh- tied together. Why yeah. you got making a big deal of that? It's like, no, there's a shoelace tie, which is <laughs> easy to do and yeah. very quick. And then there's a noose, which takes education yes. and, and effort and a willingness a willingness to know how to tie a noose. Yeah. So um whether or not it was intentionally for Bubba Wallace or not, he's not a liar and he didn't exaggerate a situation. That was a noose. Yeah. So I just thought that was interesting. And then he said he didn't even see it. It wasn't the the NASCAR president came to him, yeah, and said, "Hey, Bubba, we got an incident, yeah, man." He said he didn't see it. This is a noose, and so he just went off of what NASCAR told yeah. him. And then he went and saw it, and he goes, 
oh, well, shit, that's a new. So if you guys are telling me that wasn't there or whatever the case may be, I have to go off what you're saying because that's clearly a noose. Yeah. So now with everything that we've learned, regardless of if it was made in 2019, if it, Bubba Wallace took that uh, garage last minute or whatever the case may be, he didn't make anything up. That's definitely a noose. Yeah. I didn't. That's why I didn't like that that whole shit of Je- the Jesse Smollett shit coming out. I didn't like that at all. It, it's not comparable at all. No. Jesse Smollett intentionally made some shit up. Yeah. Bubba Wallace, whether he was misinformed, we still don't even. It, it's still up. Once that picture comes out, everything's up in the air to me. Yeah. You know, I don't. I don't know if that was 2019. When, whenever it was, that's a fucking noose, bro. Yeah. And I tell you like this: you could give me the whole day. Yeah. I couldn't tie a noose if. If you if you wanted to pay me a million dollars, I have no idea how to accidentally fashion one. No. If I was like, oh, we got to make some kind of let me make something that I can, gra-, you know, because if you want to turn a string into something where you can grab onto it, I understand. Make a little loop in it. I know how to make a loop into a, yeah. a string, but to make a knotted it comes noose, down and go around. Yeah, and it's, it's got all the little it ropes or yeah. loops around. and get, That's a noose. I don't know how to do that. It's the difference between making a little loop to grab yeah. and making a noose. And that was a fucking noose, bro. Yeah. You know, prayers to Bubba Wallace. I hope he can um, push all that out. I think he's supposed to be um, doing a race in the Poconos or something like that okay. upcoming. And, you know, I, I guess top 15 is is good. He, he came in 14th place in this race with all this shit going on. Yeah. I think that's good. I think it's out of like 32 or something. I don't so, know shit about NASCAR. I don't know a fucking thing. I thought Bubba Wallace has first, second and third. made me more interested. Mm-hmm. No, nah, I think you still get some kind points? of points if it's... I think it's close to golf. Or soccer. Where, or soccer, where it's like you might lose the game, but you scored three goals, so that yeah. goes to your seasonal points, yeah. and that will affect you in the long run. I think it's like that. Mm. So I think him coming in 14th will affect him for positioning and things in other races. Okay. I think it's like that. Yeah. Um, either way, that's a lot of things to be worried about and concerned about, and I don't like the idea of people saying um, – it's the same thing they did to Colin Kaepernick where it goes, you're using this, you're using race to give yourself a bigger platform. And it's like, nobody no. willingly goes into something to be called a nigger and yeah. get hate mail and all this kind of, nobody weighs the pros and cons of that and goes, well, I'm going to be really well known, but it's going to make me uh, a pariah in my sport. Mm-hmm. It's going to bring me a bunch of negative attention, no matter how much attention comes along with it. There's a lot of it's going to be negative. And uh, it's going to take away focus from me doing a good job at the thing that I want to do. Yeah. But did you see you see the video after before the race? No. Yeah, everybody, NASCAR, all the drivers. Oh, yeah, they went push, and drove. Push, push, yeah. push and yeah. I think that's that a good dope. thing. That was dope. But what they're trying to do is go, well, that was um, that's that's that was built on falseness because yeah. that didn't really happen. Mm. It's like either way, everybody came together, man. Like, yeah, I don't know. And cool. it was a noose. Anyway, like I said, I'm I'm off the wine, so I'm not really looking to go in depth on a ton of situations. Is there anything specific that you want to talk to talk about before I get into my last topic? Before my last topic to take us on a break. These strings of um random violent acts of like, oh, it's a black person. Let's throw lighter fluid on them. Or like Oh yeah, I heard about a girl being yeah, set like, on fire. Um That's crazy. I haven't done the full research on that, so I don't really do, have you done I read the article, but it was just like she was just Mind her business. Oh, her really? Car. It wasn't even like a <laughs> because what I what I, I always try to as bad as this may sound, I always try to benefit of the doubt a situation. So mm-hmm. I go, maybe it was a couple of dumb kids and they all know each other. Like that incident. There's an incident that happened in I want to say it was, um, where's Prince from? 
Milwaukee? No. Kansas City? Prince? No. He's not from the, Missouri? The Lake Minnetonka, there is. He's from Minnesota. He's from Minnesota. Prince is from Minnesota. There was, I think it was, I could be wrong, but a girl and her friends, they were hanging out at like a bridge where you can jump off of it and, and land in the water. Like any other bridge? Yeah, but like that's where they go. Oh, like you jump okay. off it on purpose, you just, right. like in a bathing suit. Oh, it's like, like a, a thing. Yeah, it's like okay. a thing. We like we're gonna jump like off this bridge. Gotcha. Yeah, we're gonna jump off this bridge into the water below. It's it's like a thing. Yeah. And the girl was scared to do it, mm-hmm. and then the girl pushed the shit out of her. And when she, I mean, she tumbled into the water, broke her ribs, water yeah, got into her semen. lung. Yeah, all this fucked up shit happened, and it's like you should be. That's a crime. I mean, yeah, you, that's that's terrible. I thought maybe it was like that. Like the, there was friends, and they were hanging out, and they did some dumb shit. And then the girl got hurt. So I'm going off of what you're telling. I haven't done the research. And yeah. Just just ask anybody that's listening right now. I haven't done the research. So I don't know the specifics. Yeah. But you're telling me it sounds like she was just she, a, did, she was she, she was, was waiting to pick thing. up her brother and like some white guy was like nigger and like threw. Oh wow! It's so always it clearly say, yeah. They say from the from the investigation it was like a, a spray bottle and uh you know what I mean like they sprayed, yeah like like air yeah. freshener yeah or that. Something. yeah yeah, yeah. and like burned her neck. Um, wow. Okay. Yeah. So, um, Not to diminish that, but I really, from the brief headlines that I saw, yeah. I thought they doused Lit the girl in lighter, yeah, lighter fluid and lit her on fire. Her, it was her neck that got burned. Okay. But still. That's still not cool. Not That's cool. absolutely fucked and up. And also, <laughs> the videos I've been seeing when people just like, <laughs> I think we talked about it on Twitter, people just like, like videotaping people yeah just well, <laughs> there was that one video that I think is trash where the black dude, they got in some kind of traffic argument yeah. but it's been a lot of them like that though i think that's i don't here's what i'll say um i just this week i'm not gonna say the girl's name because um whatever but a girl i actually worked with her at abercrombie this mm-hmm. is an asian young lady she's not famous she's not any she's just a person yeah she said some racist shit on instagram recently like yeah like this week do i know her i don't think so i don't oh, okay. think she worked there when you worked there right. but either way she it's just a person mm-hmm. and somebody screenshotted the comments and oh i think i know you talking about she went to perry hall i think yeah right? she went to perry hall yeah, yeah, yeah. um she went to my high school that i went to which is perry hall high school in, in uh in perry hall maryland but people are like hashtag canceled yeah and i just don't understand the concept of being canceled as a person mm-hmm. so i this was an example of when i'm for me it's like cancel culture is really stupid to me because what if 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 you said something on this podcast and now Fran is canceled, what does that mean? Are you are people going to show up to your job at the post office? What do you mean, like, like I mean, like I'm not black? Or? No, I mean like oh. you're canceled. Like the way uh, my opinion doesn't matter. No, like oh. so. In I, this is the example in Hollywood. If you're canceled, you can't be in movies anymore. People okay. are going to make a big fuss about it. Tweet your the the studios don't hire this person. You have a bad name. Fire them from the TV show that they're on. Whatever. Yeah. I get that, mm-hmm. that you have a platform yeah. or the Vince's crab situation, the crab place, you, you own a business, you're canceled. So we're going to now tell everybody you're racist and nobody go shop at your business anymore. Yeah. But if you just work at the Amazon warehouse yeah. and you drive a car and you go to bars and you just live your life yeah. and people go, you said a racist thing on Instagram, you're canceled. What does that mean for a person? This week I saw a person who I've worked, I worked, I don't, they're not my friend, but yeah. I like, I know, they're not, they're not Scarlett Johansson or Timothy Chalamet or, you know, or Morris Chestnut. Mm. They're just like a person. Yeah. And people are going, huh, have fun being canceled. It's like, what does that mean? I don't know. I think cancel culture has gone 
to a point now where people really feel like they have this power to go, you're canceled, you don't exist anymore. Hey, guess what? You don't exist. Go fuck yourself. I, I just, feel. but it's just hard for me. This was the first time I've ever seen, because if you say something that somebody doesn't agree with, I genuinely feel like, I genuinely, I genuinely feel like it's okay to feel like something is not a laughing matter. Yeah. But it's not okay to police what's a laughing matter. So if I was to make a joke about uh, little people, mm. right? Somebody could go, that's not okay. You can't do that. But if I was to make a joke about little people and they go, you can never make a joke again. Like you, you are done. Jokes are over for you. Yeah. That's a, that's a difference for me. And that's not okay. And to see it happen to just a person where it's one thing to go, you know what? You said some racist shit. When I see you, I'm going to fuck you up as opposed to a bunch of people, hundreds of people going, Hey, guess where this, this person's mom lives. Yeah. Not a, not a famous, per- not that it's okay if it's a famous person, but to just see a person who I personally have been in the same room with and they and she gets doxxed, that's not cool, man. So what, they put her personal information up there? Yeah, they put where her mom lives. Oh, I thought, I People thought telling you- stories, ex-boyfriends coming and being like, man, yeah, man, she's a slut. You know I what thought I mean? you were saying, they were saying like, oh, don't talk to her. Like, no, don't they're, be like, friends they're like, her. hey guys, here's her mom's house. You want to go and egg it or fucking shoot it or what you know what I mean like but it's been a, it's been a lot of those posts coming up where like oh here go this person but and then it was one girl that came up was like oh she's de- I, I know her personally she's definitely not racist doesn't matter once the mob that mob mentality gets on it it doesn't matter what you say but I feel like I, but somebody I feel like, could have came out and you know the story you've seen those yeah. you might have seen I feel those like pictures it's a trend though what if, somebody like go, this- what if somebody goes oh that girl was hacked and they somebody wrote those things without her knowing it's like, I, it doesn't matter it's too late it's already the thing's already happened I feel like it's a trend though I feel like oh yeah, that's why that's why people are going around going like you're going viral now that, but also also baiting people to say certain stuff. Yeah, I'm not oh, got yeah. you screenshot and put it on post now it's everywhere. I'm not then a fan. You of got it, people bro. backing up like oh what that person? No, you just miss you. You're not. You there's some people doing. Saying. There's some people doing it to where when you read it you go, oh this isn't even that this isn't even it's that crazy. Yeah, you know, you know what I mean. But they but they want but they it's are doing attention. it. They, but not just attention, but they're doing it to go, yo, get them fired from their job, ruin their life, expose where they live, yeah. make them have to move. And it's one thing to do that to like that thing of that girl in New York in Central Park where she's saying, I'm going to call the police and tell them a black man is harassing me and yeah. then they're going to come and arrest you. There's one thing to that. And then with the video I saw where the black dude's like, you cut me off. Yeah. And then you're cussing, you called me this, that, and the third. And so because we got in a traffic incident, I'm going to look, take a picture of your license plate and tell everybody on the internet that you're racist and get you fired from your job because you cut me off. That's crazy. Yeah. I think that's going too far. I'm not saying it's okay that if you get in a traffic incident and somebody yells a racial slur out their window, that that's okay. But to follow them and then use the climate that we're in with everything that's going on in the country to be like, I'm going to tell the whole world that you're racist and ruin your life because you, I cut you off. I don't like you. that because there's no context around that video. I don't know. Exactly. I don't know what happened before you exactly. put up on her. That but way. the context is racism Yeah, because of what's going on in the world. It's like, here's another person like the girl in central park. And you go, wait, so what happened? She cut me off and I called her a bitch. So she called me a nigger. And then now I'm looking at her <laughs> license plate. And, yeah. you know, it's like, you know, it's just context has to matter, man. Yeah. 
context really has to matter. I will. I'm already making a prediction. Always Sunny is going to be on the chopping block soon. It already is. Oh, it is. They've been cutting. They've been cutting episodes off of that like I it's nothing. I didn't know. I didn't know. Oh yeah. The, oh, so they're getting rid of all the like um the yep. um um lethal weapon episodes and everything yep. like that. All those are gone because they came for uh community. There's an episode of Community where uh Ken Jong from mm-hmm. Hangover he he's an all black. But I'm talking about black as a as a as a off TV. <laughs> yeah. To a point where you go, I'm as a black person. I'm not offended at that because that's that's yeah. so comically black. That I'm, I don't think of it as blackface. Yeah. And he had like a silk white wig on and he's like, I'm an elf. Yeah. And people go, nope, he's black. He's in blackface. Yeah. So it's racist. And I'm just, I'm very much a fan of context, man. Context has to matter. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. And for Always Sunny, I find it hilarious that everybody in the show is going, whoa, that's racist. Mm-hmm. That's the whole joke. It's like, yeah. <laughs> no, no, I'm going to play we're doing lethal weapon and I'm playing the black person. Yeah. And so it's funny or, or, or I'm, we, none of us are black, but lethal weapon has a black person. So I'm going to play the black person. And then somebody in the show is going, Whoa, man, that's blackface. That's racist. Yeah. That's the whole joke. It's like, no, they painted themselves black. So it's racist. It's like, yeah, but like, that's the joke. That's the joke of it. Yeah. Everybody in the show is acknowledging that it's racist. Yeah. That's the funny. So I don't know what a world looks like where we're letting people who aren't funny police. What's funny. Yeah, man. So yep, they already they already been on that, and that's been that's been the way that's what comedians have been complaining about for years. Yeah. But um, I have a platform, so I have to speak on. I've noticed it for years. I just don't think that unfunny people should be able to dictate what can and can't not be joked about. You know, I think that I know we're in sensitive times and everything's kind of a hot button issue and all these kind of things. But I don't like liberal. Uh, white people speaking for what black people should be offended about. Yeah. And I also don't like radical black people speaking for the whole of us because it's it's very much doesn't speak for everybody. Yeah. Because there's plenty of black people who go, I'm not offended by that. I understand the context of that. But then there's some college educated person who's going, no, 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 that's offensive. And so you can't you can't joke about that. There has context has to matter, man. Going forward as a society Context has to come into play when we're talking about these sensitive issues. And it's like, was it was it intended to offend or was it intended to be lighthearted and a joke or social commentary? All these things have to matter. Yeah. You can't just go, no, 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 no. I don't like that. So canceled. And that's the time we live in. Yeah, man. Uh, You're canceled. We've came a long way, but we got a long way to go. Yeah. I feel like. Uh, I don't know. Like, yeah. For example, so- in Texas, right? Some article I came, that came out that I read is like uh, Texas realtors will no longer call the <laughs> yeah. master bedroom the master bedroom. It's like no black people don't care. We don't care. That's yeah. not the thing we're talking about. Let's how about we talk about not showing people houses in neighborhoods that you feel like you don't want black people to live in because it will bring down the property value. Yeah, that's a real issue to tackle as opposed to yeah, man, we're we're gonna drop the masters and masters degree. What about mortgage loans? Exactly. I mean, like, why? It's that? like, no, no, we're gonna, we're gonna do this. We're gonna do the surface thing. We're gonna name this street Black Lives Matter Avenue. That's like what they did with uh, the NBA. They turned, they changed owners to govern. They're, they're called governors now. I just, it's just. <laughs> how about, how about make it more accessible for somebody to own a, a black person to own a team in the NBA or in the NFL? Give them more jobs, more black coaches in the NFL. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, it's just so. It's you know what it is. It's like giving. It's like giving a. It's like giving somebody a Flintstone vitamin. 
You know, it's like here's a little here's some shut up. Here, here take here's a little something to to appease you as opposed to giving you what we're what you're asking for. Yeah. It's just I don't know, it's just wild times, man. But before we move on, I got two things I wanted to touch on. Yeah. And um again, every it's like every week you find out about a new story. So last year is the story of this Elijah McClain story. Yeah. This kid in Aurora, Colorado. Mm-hmm. Um I watched the there's about a twenty minute police body cam footage of what happened to this kid. Yep. Elijah McClain, nobody's coming out and saying it, um, but his sister spoke and said he's a very nice person. This kid was autistic or something. Like something, yeah. Elijah McClain wasn't off, dude. Like he, he, he was a, but he was a, a nice off dude. To be wearing a ski mask in the middle of August is a little odd. Yeah. Um, but somebody called the police on him and said, I don't know if he's a, I don't know if he's a good guy or a bad guy, but it's a guy walking down the street in a ski mask and it's odd. And the police rolled up on him, and again, because of a lack of training and because they weren't the pre- people that should have been called in this situation, they came and tried to just shut the whole situation down, and it escalated. And you could clearly understand, you could hear this dude and the things that he's saying. He goes, "I'm different. Yeah, I'm, I don't. He, he's just saying things that are clearly a guy. And but what they went to was he's on drugs." There goes yeah this dude's on something he's 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 cra- he's crazy he's on drugs, and they brought the EMT after getting this down on the, this dude ground down on the ground mm-hmm. putting you know fucking him up putting cuffs on him all this kind of stuff they called the EMTs out there and these EMTs injected this dude with ketamine I've never I watch a lot of cops I watch a lot of live PD mm-hmm. I've seen a lot of body cam footage I've never seen somebody get in, injected with something to, like um uh uh make them docile during an arrest or, or, or put them asleep during an arrest. I've never seen that. Especially you don't know what this person's going through, what their issue is, if they have stuff in their system. If, I said the way your, your body will react. Yeah, if they're on medication or anything like that, you just go, oh, yeah, let's, put them, let's inject their body with a drug. I've, I've never seen that. I've yeah. never seen, no matter how crazy the person is, I've never seen the EMT show up and inject somebody with drugs before. I've never seen that. I would please. If somebody if, if somebody has uh, articles on why this is done, anything again, I'm always the person who wants to learn. Mm-hmm. I just have never seen it before. So it looks so foreign to me. And then later on, you find out that this dude had a heart attack on the way to the hospital, and then he had another heart attack, and then he was on he was basically brain dead by the end of the weekend once they took him to the hospital. Wow. And so they took him off life support, and this dude died. Now, I don't like that um, people, again, you know, headlines are headlines, so they go, police killed this dude. In the, yeah. it, it, it's more complicated than that. I've never, but but what's what's the more complicated part is they injected this dude with ketamine while he's laying on the ground, and they didn't even really know his name or what what the situation was. He was coming from a store. He just bought some juice for, or something for his brother, and he wears a face mask because he's anemic, and he gets cold easily. But by all accounts, this is the nicest dude in the world. He's super nice. He plays guitar for cats yeah. and all this shit like that. But because they didn't understand what was happening... And because they showed up to a scene with a person who they didn't understand his condition and didn't care to understand his condition, they just go, oh, this dude's acting crazy. Get him down to the ground, sedate him, put him put him down, whatever, boom, boom, boom. You know, fuck that. I don't care what's going on with you. I don't care what you're saying. You can't breathe. You, uh, you're you different. I don't know. He's on drugs, whatever. Get some EMTs here, inject him, put him to sleep, you know, sedate him, and we'll deal with it as it comes. Yeah. And I watched that 20-minute footage, and I go, these are not. Don't ever call the police 
if you see somebody you if you think somebody's having a mental break don't don't ever i beg you don't i don't know who to call i don't know if there's anybody to call but if you have a friend or somebody that you know slightly in any kind of situation even if you think they're they've done too much drugs do your best to get them in a car and take them to the hospital because now, who, who side are you speaking on i'm just speaking as a person who the person who called the police said I saw somebody walking down the road in a ski mask. Yeah. I get that. I mean, I don't know if I saw but somebody. They, they wouldn't have known if they was like mentally challenged. They don't know anything. They just yeah. go, there's a dude walking down the street. It's August and he's wearing a ski mask. It's odd. But the guy wasn't scared. He wasn't saying, get here fast. This guy's crazy. He's a yeah. killer. He just said, I don't know. It was odd behavior. I yeah. saw a dude walking down the street in a ski mask. He might be a good dude. He might be a bad dude. I don't really know. But I just, I just felt like I needed to call the police. And the police show up and they go, hey, man, what's going on? And the guy's acting odd because something's wrong with it. He's, yeah. He has autism or something. This yeah. t- clearly. You know, Elijah McClain was off. But that's no reason for him to be dead right now. Yeah. Because I know from doing my research and watching documentaries and everything, autistic people are very much like, don't touch me. I don't like yeah. to Don't be in my space. And then once you violate that space, you can't... Uh, 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 um, reason with them. It's like, don't, no, don't touch me. Don't yeah. touch me. I don't want to be touched. And now, but as a police officer, you're trained to get the situation under control. Don't let them fight you and all this kind of stuff. But this person has no control over, you've invaded their boundary. Yeah. And there's no reasoning with them. There's no going, I, hey, man, I know you don't like to be touched, but I'm a police officer and I just need to get your ID. It's like, no, don't touch me. I don't like to be touched. And it escalated that fast. And then this dude's on the ground. He can't really. And then he's also, what broke my heart the most is that he's not as nice as he is in many videos that they might have of him doing all these nice things. He's not equipped to explain to those police officers what's wrong with him. No. So he's going like, I'm different. I, I'm just, I'm sorry. I just was, I was trying to take my headphones off, but then you touched me and I don't like people touching my space. And, and they're going, I don't know. He's rambling, man. He's on drugs. Yeah. Like they, they. There's such a boundary between him not being able to explain his issue and them not really caring because he's not doing it in enough words. Mm-hmm. If he just if he was just to go, I'm autistic, maybe they go, oh, okay, yeah, some let's change the let's handle this differently. But yeah. he just he wasn't equipped to be able to do that. So I want to say rest in peace to Elijah McClain. Yeah. That's a very sad story. Yeah. He seemed like a very nice kid and he's very young. It's and- like also how do we it's like with the Amara Arbery situations, like the best, the the best thing they was those guys supposed to do that the guys that murdered him, mm-hmm. that chased him down, was to call the police and report him. Yeah. But then when you do that, it the turns out can. like this. Those are the people that you're supposed to call to handle the situation. Yeah. But I heard a very interesting argument from a conservative talking head, and it was that. Black people, um, it was the argument was that white people hear stories about police killing people and they go, oh, well, he probably deserved it. And then that black people uh, like to sympathize with people who don't deserve sympathy. So, uh, you know, you hear about George Floyd and they go, oh, well, he had drugs in the system and, you know, he has a history of crimes and all this kind of stuff. So he deserved to die. Where I'm very much a person, black or white or anything, I don't think anybody deserves to die. 
I think that the context matters, like what happened yeah. in the situation. Like you have to be able to, if you just, if you're just going to let police officers just blind, just blindly go, well, if they killed him, they probably deserved it in some kind of way. They're police officers and they know what they're doing. If that's the blind allegiance you want to show, you're going to, you're going to, you're going to leave such a, that's why there's a gap right now. Cause there's people who are going, no, nah, blue lives matter and police officers know what they're doing. And then there's people who are going, no, no, man. Police planted weed in my car. Yeah. I didn't do anything wrong and they planted drugs in my car or they, I was beaten by a police officer and I didn't do anything wrong or they baited me with words and wanted me to get in an argument. And when I saw, once I started arguing back with them, they beat the fuck out of me. So there's a disconnect between, well, no, the police know what's right and just do what they say. And well, no, these, when they're in my neighborhood, they treat me like shit yeah. and do dirty shit. So, you just can't blindly follow the word of a, you know, of these police officers because they're police officers. Yeah. And I think that we got to find a balance in that between that and just like no police existing. Cause I don't think that's the answer either. Yep. That's all I got on the answer. Like I said, I'm lit. This wine is coursing through my veins. Yeah. All red, all dark, all dry. So not only am I drunk, but I'm <laughs> thirsty. And that's water. Is it? I'll get to it on the break. All right. I get to it. As a matter of fact, I'm going to, I'm going to pop lock and, drop that cap off that water and uh nice. give my body some sustenance and um but you know uh, that was a smooth transition into RIP Huey man mm-hmm. it's been a rough a rough month for anybody who was in their teens or in a freshman in college during the mid 2000s era when we had Hurricane Chris, who just fucking caught a, a murder charge mm-hmm. we had Huey pop lock and drop it out on the streets and this is when Soldier Boy was Tearing the charts up. Yeah. Laffy Taffy. This was a very, yeah. it was, everything was a dance. Yep. The white tea, every, this was such a specific Pink era. Peanut butter jelly? Was that, was that it? Wasn't as big, but that's what oh. I mean. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so what I want to say is R.I.P. Huey, man. Yeah. Louis, Louisville's own. He got caught up and murdered in some kind of way, man. So. Double shooting. Double shooting? Yeah. Man, it's crazy how life, life comes at you fast, man. Yeah. Uh, what I want to see, yeah, but no, like I said, rest in peace, Huey, man. What an era, man. I, mean, I remember the, you know, I remember being in 2006, so I was in probably seventh or eighth grade. You know, this was probably I was fresh off my first booty grab. You know, this is a good time. You know, maybe at a at a uh, at a some kind of uh, you know after you know weekend function where you just getting danced up on a wall. Yeah. You know, some girl, you know, gyrating on your on your midsection at, at, at 12 years old. You know, you don't even know you don't even know the point, but, you know, you're having a blast. Yeah. You know, the lights are flashing and everything. This song when this song came on, it was the dudes turn to a back up and the girls are going to do their little dance. that They know how to do. So um, rest in peace, Huey. This is pop lock and drop it. And we come back. We're going to talk about some fucked up shit. So stick around. Production, toot that thing up, mommy, make it roll. Once you pop, pop, lock it for me, girl, get low. If your mama gave it to your baby girl, let it show. Once you pop, pop, drop it for me, maybe we can roll. Oh! 
tonight is gonna be some changes. No acting sedition. So stop acting and get it clapping. Cause I'm knowing you feel me. Yeah, you cute. But don't let that shit go to your head. Cause what this cutie won't do, pimping another one will. You prefer rocking the suit. And your heels so tall. And we ain't with none of that tricking. But I feel so tall. I've been beeping you for a while. And you throwing it back. If you looking for you a follow, we got dough in the back. Look your color, Carmelo Brown. And your skin so smooth. I'm having fantasies about what you and me can do. And you an undercover freak. You probably thinking the same. I'm seeing light up on your face because you're deep in my chain. And I ain't trying to put you out there as if you were free. So don't even take it that way. Just say you did it for me. And you will probably roll with me because it's money in my pocket. So before then, I gotta see you pop, lock, and drop it. Toot that thing up, mommy, make it roll. Once you pop, pop, lock it for me, girl, get low. All right, and we are back. Before I get started, it's my turn to go first this week, if that's not clear. But before I get started, I wanted to bring attention to uh, we have a little competition going right now. Uh, I think people may be a little intimidated because a uh, f- uh, friend of the pod, Les Green, absolutely shut down the merchandise photo shoot competition that um, I kind of put out there to folks. Um, it will last the summer. Mm-hmm. But the shirt sales for this wave of shirts actually ended this past week. And um, so whoever recently ordered a shirt will be getting their shirt by the end of August, which, you know, um, I I said like the end of August will be the end of the um, the competition for a very cool mug. It says, you know, I can't it says something like, you know, I can't really do that right now. I'm too busy watching all the true crime documentaries. Uh, And whoever just takes the dopest photo of them wearing their merch, whether it be about the scenery, the filter you use. The you know if you use fucking one of those Instagram photo filters to make it black and white or whatever whoever takes the dopest photo wins and Les is obviously not included in that because you know it's very much like a nepotism type of situation like if you are or it's like anti nepotism like if you are very intimate with the podcast and you know close to the pod you can't be a part of the competitions but he is an example of what we're looking for when you're trying to do that dope shit as far as photography goes with the merchandise. So you have the summer. If, you, if you've if you purchased some merchandise, take a dope photo, submit it, see what happens. You could possibly win a cool mug, and nothing tastes better than victory. Anyway, uh, friend, my affirmative murder this week is the story of Smelly Bob. Smelly Bob. Smelly Bob. Okay, what is his real name? Robert Black. Robert Black. Smelly Bob. Not okay. as fun. He's from yeah. Scot. He's from Scotland. Okay. Smelly Bob. Smelly Bob. Okay. <clears throat> so Robert Black, aka Smelly Bob, was born in Grangemouth, Scotland, about twenty miles from Edinburgh, on the first of the fourth. Now, no, I do not have lisp. <laughs> what? The, the first is in reference to a point on like a pier, and the fourth is a body of water, like an area within Scotland. So. It, although it sounds like the first of the fourth, yeah. with, uh, but somebody saying it has lisp, those are two points and locations of a thing. It's not, it has nothing to do with dates or a month or anything like that. Yeah. It's just the first of the fourth. Mm, okay. So uh, he was born about 20 miles from Edinburgh on the first of the fourth. His birth mother, whose name was Jesse Hunter Black, refused to put a father's name on his birth certificate and had him fostered. She subsequently married Francis Hall had four more children, 
and died in 1982. Mm. But Black never had any further contact with her or his half-siblings. He was raised by Jack and Margaret Tulip in Kenlo, Cleveland, near uh, near Glencloe in the West Highlands. Okay. So the story is very similar to um, Hercules, the Disney, Disney's Hercules, except his parents weren't gods. They were just young people who fucked up their life. Yeah. Uh, locals and neighbors report that Black was often frequently and heavily bruised during his childhood, and acquaintances from primary school say he was a bit of a loner, but had a tendency to bully, mm. which is the worst. If you already don't do a good job of making friends, but also you're an Bullying asshole, people, yeah, yeah, you're probably not gonna be very well liked. Yeah, terrible combination. Yeah, it's like, oh, um, I'm kind of antisocial, but also if you try to be my friend, I'm gonna punch you in the nose. Yeah, it's like, oh, well then, fuck you. I don't fuck that person. Let's avoid him. Yeah, it's like being, you know, who was like that? Debo from Friday. Yeah, so I'm kind of antisocial, but also give me your necklace. Yeah. Oh, God, avoid him. Uh, he preferred to spend time with younger children and was known for committing random sudden acts of violence. So okay. so sounds like a, he sounds like a winner. Yeah. You know, he's very spontaneous. How old is he? What was this? It's like adolescence. Let's say okay. 11, 12. So spontaneously like, violent, like a bully. Or? Yeah, so younger than whatever age yeah, he was. Okay. Aside from a propensity for violence, Black also developed a sexual awareness at an early age. He claims to have compared genitalia with a girl around the age of five. And when arrested later in life, he said he had a lifelong feeling that he should have been a female. Mm. So this is just a great combination of things. He's confused. He's yeah. angry. He's violent. You know, so he just, you know, all, all, all around a stand up member of society. Uh, he later said that from the age of eight, he would often push objects into his anus. What? What? You know, hey, I, we don't kink shame here, man. He's uh, eight years old. What do you mean? Well, I mean, when I was eight, you know, I, you know, I had what? When you was eight, what? Can I finish? Yes, please go ahead. When I was eight, okay, the Howard Stern, Howard Stern had a, uh, you know, Howard Stern, the, the, the radio show, the radio show with the butt naked women and stuff. In there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But he had a show on E, okay, where it was like Howard Stern, Howard Stern. Here's what's going on in the studio when you're just hearing the stuff. Yeah, here's what here's what's going on in the studio. And um, I had some feelings. You okay. know, you see some stuff, you go like, oh, I'm tingly. Now, <laughs> I wasn't like jerking off at eight or anything like that. I'm not, you know, I wasn't masturbating at eight. But, you know, <laughs> those feelings, they come on to you at an early age. Now, shoving stuff up your butt, that's a little advanced. It's extreme. Yeah, it's a little advanced. But I'm just saying, I don't, you know, I don't know when your awakening was. For me, beyond that Howard Stern experience, it was when... Diane Lane's Unfaithful came out. Did you see Unfaithful? No. Oh, my God. Oh, oh my God, Fran, listen. As an adult right now, you and Stephanie open up a bottle of wine, put Unfaithful on, starring Diane Lane and Richard Gere, mm-hmm. and just have a night, bro. It is a, it is a hot movie, okay? It is, it, is, it is very mature. It is very steamy. Okay. And I was 10. Why? Why what? Why were you watching that at 10 years old? Well, I had the, you know, the cable box, the black cable box with the red numbers. Yeah. That was one of the movies that was on pay-per-view. Okay. So there was Spice that was kind of blurry. And then there's pay-per-view where you go, oh, this movie is just came out on DVD, but you can watch it illegally on the pay-per-view channel because every- You you bought it. No, no, no. It's illegal. 
It's illegal. So oh, it just illegal. runs on the pay per view channel. This is way back. This is this is going back. So y'all but, was stealing cable. Hey man, we were. It was a question. We paid somebody well, illegally stealing cable. We <laughs> paid. We paid somebody to hook the cable up. Was it Comcast? No. <laughs> okay then. That's that is besides the point. That was illegally. The person that we paid worked for Comcast. Comcast. He worked for Comcast. Okay. He worked for Comcast. Now it was a one time payment. It wasn't monthly, but we did pay, but it was just once. Yeah. Comcast didn't like that. They came cut it off later on. But we did pay somebody to do it. That's all I'm saying. Hey man, that's (laughs) none of my business. What he does with his life, that's none of my business. My point is Uh, I understand at a young age being uh, a little sexually curious. Okay. You know, I, I, mean, I remember being eight, you know, again, I, I feel like I, this is always the thing I go to, but like, you know, it was a very big deal to smack a butt Yeah. from eight to, to four, 13. Yeah, man. Yeah. I mean, it was yeah. a very, very, big, and, and a girl like let you and be like, shut up, get, stop. Yeah. You know, not, and not like call the fucking guidance counselor. <laughs> like they like, we all laugh about it and whatever. Yeah. Yeah. It was a very big deal. Yeah. So I get that. But now. Shut shit up your ass. Yes. <laughs> That's, that's that's not that's, that's not advanced. <laughs> that's next level. That's that's yeah. No, no, I get no. That's a yeah. That's a step. That's a step in the. That's a step forward. Yeah. No, for sure. That's a step forward. That's not step. even in the same lane, man. <laughs> not even close. No, for sure. <laughs> so so anyway, as far as the shoving the stuff up his anus, uh, it was it, apparently this this was a practice that he he would continue up into his adulthood. A practice. It was you know yeah you know you're at home you got some time to pass. You know, shove a ficus up your butt, whatever. Uh, yes. So blacks, uh, black first attempted to rape at the age of twelve. What? Along with two other boys, so like a gang rape. At tw- that's that's crazy. They attacked a girl in a field, but found themselves unable to complete the act of penetration. The authorities were noti- notified, wow. and Black was moved to the Red House in Musselboro. Musselboro. While there. A male staff member sexually abused him. So this dude's. So what is that? Some type of institutional. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Some kind of like house for boy house for boys or something like that type of situation. And while he was there, one of the staff members sexually abused him. After a stretch of time of being at the red house, black also entered the muscle bro grammar grammar school where he developed an interest in football and swimming. So he's trying to find some normalcy kind of just. Get, get on a track of being a 13, 14, 15-year-old kid. Yeah. You know, high school age, whatever. After being sexually abused, shoving stuff up his butt at a young age, trying to gang rape somebody. He's just trying to find some normalcy. At 15, Black left Red House and found a job working as a delivery boy in Greenock near Glasgow. He later admitted that while on his rounds, he molested 30 to 40 girls with various degrees of success. Wow. None that's of the. That's a lot that's of. A that's a. And also, Scotland isn't huge. So, and you know, he's in. He's in like a province within Scotland. This isn't like a big, a big area. Yeah. Thirty to forty girls, though. None of these incidents seem to have been officially reported until his first conviction at the age of seventeen, when he lured a seven-year-old girl to a deserted building, strangling her until she lost consciousness. And then masturbating over her body. Gross, man. Very much so. He was arrested for lewd and le- and lewd and libidinous behavior. Libidinous is just, you know, un- inappropriate. Uh, but he received only an an admonishment, which is basically like a verbal 
warning. Mm-hmm. After this, Black moved back to uh, Grangemouth and got a job with a builder supply company. He also found a girlfriend named Pamela Hod- named Pamela Hodgson. Fell in love and asked her to marry him. So again, mm. he's just looking for some normalcy. Yeah. Trying to get rid of those ways that he has, even though he clearly has, he's sick, you know. But he's like, I'm going to marry somebody. I'm going to do the normal thing. Quote, unquote, normal. Uh, Black was devastated when she ended the relationship several months later. Probably because she found out, like, he's a pedophile and likes little kids. In 1966, Black's inappropriate manifestation of his sexual desires resurfaced when he molested his landlord and landlady's nine-year-old granddaughter. The girl eventually told her parents. They took no legal action, but Black was ordered to leave the house. I wouldn't take legal action either because I would have just murdered him. Yeah. But they just were like, you need to go. It's a little awkward. So maybe you got to the end of the month. Just let him get away with it. Very much so. Dark stuff. Oh, campaign's over. Just got the official email. At this time, Black moved to Kinlochleven, which I mentioned earlier where he was raised, uh, he took a room with a couple who had a seven-year-old daughter. So we know where this is going. Mm. As before, Black molested the girl. This time, however, when the sexual abuse was discovered, the police were notified, and Black was eventually sentenced to a year of borstal training at, at, at Palamont. What's at, that? At Palmont. I don't know what borstal training is. I didn't look it up, but I maybe, kind of- maybe it's like a chain gang type of situation where it's like, you are in prison, but it's prison with a purpose. Whatever it is, not enough. A year? No, but I'm also not opposed to prison being constructive. Now, he's obviously a child molester or whatever, but when the prison in America is like you knit sweaters or you make something for some company. Yeah. We're using basically slave labor. Yeah. And most of the time you're sitting in a cell and avoiding being raped. Also, while we're on the soapbox, while I'm on my soapbox. But this is not in America, though. I, that's what I'm saying. Oh. This there, it sounds like that sounds like something that's something, trying okay, to reform a person okay, or yeah. get them to make the most of their time. Yeah. So when they come out, they have a skill or something, you know. As opposed to an American prison, it's like I don't like the the idea of everything. It's really jokey of being like, don't drop the soap, or like uh, somebody who's a child molester being arrested and being like, oh, the the guys in prison are gonna have a great time with you. It's yeah. it's like. We're really normalizing people get raped in prison, man. Yeah. That's really dark. No matter what, if it, it, it makes it like, oh, it's okay if they're a murderer or they killed a kid or yeah. or we don't like them. They're, they did something bad, so it's okay if they get raped. It's like, no, people are being raped in prison, man. That's not, that's, that's dark. That's not okay. So that's not okay to say if somebody deserves it? What's deserved, though? Who deserves to be raped? A rapist? Yeah. Sure, but there's people <laughs> in prison who aren't rapists who are being raped. Rape, prison rape that. is prison rape is happening, and to just go, well, you deserve to be raped, so it's cool that prison rape is happening. So, ha ha ha! I hope you get raped in prison. It's like there are people who maybe objectively well, don't like deserve saying, to be raped in prison, being raped. Well, that's just like saying if 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 somebody does something crazy and you go, well, they deserve to die. People die all the time. How is that? How is that not the same? I'm not saying it's not I'm not saying it's not the same to like wish death on a person who you think deserves something, but people also get murdered who don't deserve to be murdered. Yeah. So 
and also a place that facilitates that is different if you say like people get raped every day and that's tragic and everything but if if people got raped whenever they went to build a bear workshop you would go oh my god stop going to build a bear workshop but if you go yeah but some people that go to build a bear workshop deserve to get raped so like i hope they get raped it's like no this is a place that facilitates people being raped we should that's not okay but or no. not go to jail or go to prison that's a whole different conversation, man. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to jump back. <laughs> what? What? Did I say something wrong? There's, there's, there's all kind of infrastructure and systems in place that sometimes people, it's hard for people to enjoy, avoid going to prison. I get that. I get that. I get that. All right. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, after his release uh, from, from this uh, chain gang type of situation, Black left Scotland and moved to London. His abuse of young girls subsided for a time when he discovered child pornography. When police, re- yeah, I mean, I guess that's a, I don't, is that a good? That's a really, that's what? a moral, that's a moral conundrum. What are you about to say? Like, hear me out. <laughs> okay, hear me out. All right, because I, I already know your answer. So, but you're gonna feel weird. I know you're gonna think about it. Would you rather somebody be out molesting children or masturbating to the? To images of young children playing or being naked or whatever, one. but that's not cool either. Either that's, one of them, but I don't they're want, both evil. But and they're disgusting. not physically doing it to children. That's that's all. That was all my reaction was. Oh, okay. Where he goes, he stopped molesting children because he was watching child pornography. Yeah, that's better. Yeah, they're both disgusting and evil. But I would, but that, that I'd yeah. rather that than him being physically ruining people's yeah. lives. Still gross. Either way, it's absolutely gross. No argument for me there. But one of them's less gross. Yeah. So anyway, so he he took a break from molesting children because he was watching child pornography. And when police searched his home after his arrest for murder, they discovered more than 100 magazines and 50 videos. Magazines of what? Child pornography. They they make magazines? Bro, they make all kinds. The dark web? I don't know anything about dark web, bro. I'm just talking about. Listen to me. I watched the video. They they are they you can buy a box, right? Like a they they have these boxes of just um you know how they have um like snack boxes yeah. and things like that where this box is random snacks, delicious snacks. Like a subscription box? Yeah. Kind of thing? yeah. They have subscription boxes on the dark web. You get it, you pay for it with Bitcoin or whatever you get, and it's like, oh, here's a, a bloody back. Bloody backpack and uh, a voodoo doll and like real blood, like from a. I don't know. I don't know. I've only seen videos of like unboxing videos of these things. Unboxing? You watch these? Listen, man. What do I have to say on this podcast for you to not understand that I look at weird shit on the internet? Why? Don't creep you out. You find you find these rabbit holes and you just see where they take you to. And I ended up on an unboxing video. You know they make unboxing videos for all kinds of stuff. I ended up on an unboxing video of a dark web snack box, but it's not snacks. It's like, you know, uh, is this, are these, are these teeth? You know what I mean? Like you open up the box wow. and it's, it's, uh, it's a, uh, a, a little satchel of teeth and a bloody backpack and a voodoo doll and, uh, uh, you know, a, doll, a Barbie doll heads with, you know, the, the but there's like X's on the faces. And I mean, you, at some point, do you not go like, maybe I don't, maybe I shouldn't go no further. There's definitely been points where I go, this is too dark. That wasn't one. But how far the deep do you have to go before you? 
I've been, I've been pretty deep. Man. That is crazy. I've been pretty deep. I've been pretty deep. Nah, man, it ain't happening. <laughs> <laughs> Admittedly, that you was on YouTube. At, yeah. Admittedly, that was one where I went. Oh, uh, I thought you was like is... on the black on like. No, I don't know. I don't know how to get access to the dark web, and if I did, I wouldn't say I did on this web, on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, that was admittedly that one. I watched a couple of them, but one. They of have them, it on YouTube. Wouldn't that's not getting flagged or something? That is crazy. Maybe now I don't know, but. That Admit, admittedly, that was one of a couple of times where I go, "This is this is too much. This is dark. I'm gonna have nightmares tonight." Did you finish the video? Yeah, yeah. So sure. it, ain't, it didn't creep me out that much. Yeah, no. But afterwards, I was like, "I don't like that. I'm not gonna. I'm gonna take a break." <laughs> Still finished the video. <laughs> I did. Yeah, I did. And the person was like, "Man, that was crazy." <laughs> like the person, we we like agreed. It was like, "Wait, wait, was, wait, wait, wait." Was he doing? Was they? Sh- was they showing was like, an unboxing it w- video? It was almost like a person, like if it was me, being like, "I've stumbled upon this link to okay. buy a, a a a box of uh, trinkets, like like a like a homicide box, and I just did it to get the clicks on YouTube." Basically, that's what that's all unboxing videos are. Yeah, and he opened this box up to be like, "Hey guys, I got this crazy box." Let's see what's inside of it. He might not be alive right now. I don't know, but I know by the end of it, he very. We, me, and him were on the same fuck page. That. Me and him were on the same page where we were go, oh my god, like what the fuck was that? Yeah. And what do I do with this shit? Shit like that creeps me out because like now like, you got all this shit in your house, like a voodoo doll and yeah. teeth. Fuck and, that. And a bloody book bag. You and he you got your dress. Yeah, that part. Too. No, 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 no. What? He got a. He sent it to a PO box. Got to which counting. is what you should absolutely. Yeah. Do. <laughs> get close. Yeah, okay. They're not gonna find you. They're not gonna find you. Yeah, no. <laughs> PO box is cool. PO box. If you, I was saying shit to creep them out. Note to everybody, anybody listening who's thinking about getting one of these boxes, send it to a PO box. Don't get it sent directly to your house. No, don't get one of those boxes. You did not. Or hear just that don't here. get the box. Yeah. Or just don't get the box. That's that's that. Too. You know what? Re- re- revisionist note. Don't order the box. No, please. But if you do, get it sent to a PO box. That's and 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 uh, that's today's tip. Okay, so in London, black found work as a swimming pool attendant and would sometimes go underneath the pool to remove the lights and watch young girls as they swam. Underneath the pool. Okay. I, I guess it's like maybe a glass, like like almost, you know how you go to the aquarium? Yeah. And when you go down some steps, you can see in what's going on under the water? Yeah, yeah. I Something think like it's that. a situation like that. Okay, great. Soon, a young girl complained that Black had touched her while no official charges were brought, Black lost his job. Again, I would have not filed official charges because I would have beat the dog shot of this person. Yeah. And I don't even have kids, so that's interesting. As a father, you kind of can tap into that emotional feeling mm-hmm. better than I can. And, and my emotional feeling is like I would fuck this person up. But yeah. imagine your kid being 13 and being like, Somebody at the playground touched me, or they this person grabbed me, or this person was following me home. Mm-hmm. It's like, what is your immediate instinct to do? Is it call the police? Nah. It's like I'm gonna. Are they still at the? It, I would think your first is like, are they still at the playground? Take yeah. me to where it happened. Yeah. And then if they're there, whatever happens from there happens from there. But it's not gonna be me standing there holding a phone in my hand, no. waiting for the police to come. No. There's gonna be some confrontation yeah. happening. It may last a week or two. I'm sorry. I'm not gonna go in detail, but <laughs> it may last couple, may last a week or two. Oh, you're gonna take them to back, get a hold of them, and oh, sub- subdue yeah. them? Yeah. Oh, okay. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Dark. I like a fucking uh, shed or something. Oh, okay. Man. Got it. Okay. Okay. I, I feel like I feel like 
calling the police or something like that is letting them off way too easy. Mm. Nah, yeah, ain't yeah, gonna happen. Yeah. Make sure they don't do this ever again. Nah, got it. Got ain't it. Gonna happen. Got it. Okay, some 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 saw shit. Yeah, got it. Got it. I risk it all for that. That's fine. I get it. <laughs> I get it. That's fine. Yeah, I get it. Uh, while Black lived in London, he spent a lot of his time in pubs playing darts. And now, it's some, now I, I'm not the most tra- well-traveled person, but what I will say is the best times I had while we were in Ireland is just going to some dive bar and just singing songs and drinking Guinness. And, and it's just some fucking hole-in-the-wall place. It's very much, it's a, being in a pub is very fun in another country. So um, this is how he spent his time, in, in pubs playing darts. If he's not looking at Chop rock fan on his leisure yeah. on his downtime. That's more business than pleasure. <laughs> yeah. It's like no, that's it's like pleasure and bit. That's tough. I don't know. Like if you love your work, is it really work? What is his work? Been weird? Molesting people. Yeah. So I mean, when he wasn't doing that, he spent his downtime of molesting, being normal, being a normal person, drinking in pubs and playing darts. Yeah. Maybe that was his disguise. So he'd be in these pubs playing darts and whatnot. He became a reasonable player. And became a well-known face on the amateur dart circuit. Wow. Darts world champion Eric Bristol. Oh, dart circuit? Yeah. Oh. You know, like bowling. Dark. I dark. Dark? So, yeah. Oh, probably on that, too. Yeah. It, I'll, I mean, again, I don't get into Jeffrey Epstein and all that kind of stuff, but there are websites that people know where they go, I want a 15-year-old kid tonight. And they know the website to go to and the code and the password and what to say when you go, hey, I'm, um, I'm looking to drink some milk tonight. And they will. Yeah. It exists. That's, That's all I'm going to say. I don't know these things. I don't know them officially or the official lingo, but they obviously exist because it's happening every day. Yeah. Anyway, when he's not doing that, he's in pubs playing darts like a normal Joe. And this uh, professional world champion dart player named Eric Bristow knew Black vaguely during this time, remembering him as a loner who never seemed to have a girlfriend. Mm. In 1976, Black began working as a van driver. It was while working as a driver that he developed a thorough knowledge of some of the UK's roads, particularly its minor roads. On July 30th, 1982, 11-year-old Susan Maxwell from the village of Cornhill on Tweed, uh, Cornhill on Tweed, on the English side of the English-Scottish border, left home to play a game of tennis across the border in Coldstream. Several local witnesses remembered seeing her until she crossed the bridge over the River Tweed, after which there were no sightings of Susan. Mm. Nobody saw it happen, but at some point between the river and Coldstream, Susan was abducted by Black. He raped and strangled her and dumped her body by the side of a road near a toxiter about 250 miles away from central England. Mm, mm. In the evening of July 8th, 1983, five-year-old, five-year-old, five years old, five years old, five-year-old Caroline Hogg from Portobello on the outskirts of Edinburgh went out to play near her home for a few minutes. She never returned home. That's why it drives me crazy when I see like kids just out Nobody in you can't like, even what? see you can't even see somebody standing on a porch in the distance. Crazy. They're just like, oh, you're just out on this road alone and you're six. Wow. We don't live in that time anymore, man. I think yeah, that's, that's I think that's, people think it's still 1976. And I Not see that it was better then. 
But I see it all the time. You can't just be sick. I remember being. I remember we lived in Hamden. It doesn't matter. We lived in we lived in another neighborhood at a point, and sometimes we just would be walking around, and you just see like a six year old come to you and be like, "Hello." Yeah. And you're like, looking around. Yeah. Who Who are you with? Yeah. You go. Oh, I live two blocks over. And you go. What? What do you mean? Who are you? Why are you talking to me? You know what I mean? Like, what if I'm a creep? Yeah. And sometimes it is. Sometimes it is a creep. It it's that fast. Kids don't know. 365 days a year, your kid could never be, it could be, they could be fine and go over to the block. All it takes yep. is one of those days in that year yep. to meet that person. Yep. And that's it. It's done. Because I don't have the statistics in front of me, but it's very high. Like, you know, most kids that are abducted, if they're not returned in 24 hours, they're done for. Yeah. You know, like they're dead. You know, because who molests, who, who takes a kid, does something to him, or even just takes the kid and changes their mind of like, oh, I don't want to. I don't want to rape this kid anymore. What are they going to go drop him back off at their house? Yeah. They go, no, I'm going to kill this kid, fucking bury him. And, just, you know, once you commit that, once you go far enough to act on your impulse to take a kid, most people don't drop the kid back off. Yeah. It's just not what happens. So just keep an eye on your kids, man. That's just crazy. Yeah. So this five year old girl went out to play right outside her house for just a few minutes, never returned home. Many witnesses reported seeing a scruffy-looking man watching a young girl believed to be Caroline in the playground near her home, then holding hands with her in a nearby amusement arcade. The man was black. Not black like a, <laughs> a black person. Like yeah. That's Robert. what it sounds like every time yeah. you say his name. <laughs> yeah, Robert Black. <laughs> <laughs> but if if they hadn't seen the person, if it wasn't Scotland, if it was America, they would have said he was black. Yeah. So... Anyway, uh, Caroline's body was found 10 days later in a ditch in Leicester, around 300 miles from her home, from her home. The cause of death could not be determined due to the decomposition, Mm. as had been the case with Susan Maxwell. But the absence of clothes suggested a sexual motive. Yeah. Three years later, on March 26, 1986... 10-year-old Sarah Harper went missing from Morley in Leeds after leaving her home to, to the corner shop to buy a loaf of bread. The shopkeeper remembered Sarah coming to the shop but never returned home. At 10? At 10. She was 10 years old. Nah, man. Sarah Harper. By themselves? Nah. Terrible idea. But that's the thing. I think about that, man. I mean, I remember being younger than 10 and my mom giving me like $10 and, and going, the barber shop is... Two blocks up and yeah. one block over. And you just go. It's just it's just something you don't think about. And this is nineteen eighty six. too, though. I feel like boys, that makes a difference. And I was fast as shit when I was 10, so there ain't no way. You weren't, catching, you weren't catching you? Nah. If they ain't already grabbed me, I was out of there. It wasn't no way. See, I don't know, man. I was I was a chubby kid. <laughs> you so strong, though. I was strong. <laughs> but if you knew the right, if you'd be like, hey, man, do you like snowballs or something? Or, uh, I think uh, I, <laughs> Rice Krispies. Oh, man, it would have been a wrap. <laughs> It would have. I would have been one of these stories. It would have been a wrap. Don't let. Don't even offer me. Me, at seven, eight, nine, ten. Hey man, uh, do you like? Hey, do you like Rice Krispie treats? Hell yeah! <laughs> <laughs> Shit yeah! I like Rice Krispie treats. What do you mean? I got some in this van over here. Like, oh man, well, well, say less. Need? I, come on, man. What's going on? Why are you taking so long? Let's go. I'd be one of these stories, man. God forbid. Lucky. Oh man. Really got. I'm really got lucky, man. Mm-hmm. Um, but no. So Sarah Harper went missing at 10 years old after just going to get a loaf of bread. Crazy. Uh, the shopkeeper remembered Sarah coming to the home, 
I mean, coming to the shop, but she never returned home. Mm. The last sighting of Sarah was of her was of her walking towards the Snicket that she used as a shortcut. Which the Snicket is just like um a th- of bushes, okay. yeah, bushes. You know, uh, black kidnapped, raped, and murdered her. He was, he was waiting big time. Yeah, yeah. Her body was found dumped in the River Trent near Nottingham a month later. Black was arrested on July 14, 1990, near Stowe, Scotland. He was, he was seen snatching a six-year-old girl off the street and bundling her into his van. Savage. He was Broad just, he daylight. Was just, wow. Broad daylight. A, an alert member of the public called the police, who chased after the van and subsequently apprehended Black. Shout out. Some, somebody just went and got after it. Like, yeah. no, not, not up in here. And filed and chased him down. Probably them narrow fucking European roads. Didn't have a whole bunch of options to turn yeah. and all that. And they fucking cornered him, made a wrong left when he should have made a right, and you know caught him in a fucking dead end. And they caught his ass. Shout out to them, big time. Because I mean, like I, I talked about this last week, but we live in this crazy time where you might see, uh, you know, m- race mixing create some very interesting looking kids. Mm. So you could see a black woman with a kid who just looks white or a white dude with a kid who just looks black. And I like to think like that's progress and that's cool. And and I'm glad that people aren't reporting stuff, but it is, uh, it is jarring. What a white, like if a you white, see a white, a white person, male, a white male with a black child is, is it's more alarming than a white lady with a, with a mix of black child. To me, yeah, I get what you're saying, but it's like either way. What if your what if your uh, progressive instincts are wrong, and that's not just some person who has a biracial kid? It could be a person stealing a kid. Yeah, it's hard to tell. If but not, are if you not, racist? Are you racist if you call the police? If they're not light skin with curly hair, it's like mm. yeah, like that kid just looks yeah. white. <laughs> <laughs> that just looks like a white kid. Why do you have just a white kid with yeah. you? But I've also seen instances where you know. Um, I saw a video of a black dude, you know, like the police were called or something and they pulled his car over and he had two white kids in the back seat and they're like, that's Mr. Dan. He's our babysitter. So you go, now this dude got all jammed up and put in handcuffs and everything like that. So like, is it racist or is it just you being, I, I'd rather be, I'd rather be wrong and those kids be safe than I'd be right and they be dead. Yeah. So that's a hard thing. That that's a hard thing to jumble. I don't know. I don't know. I don't really. And that's and even in talking through it, I don't even know what's right or what's wrong. Yeah, I'd like to think it's wrong to just go. Hmm, that baby looks black and that dude's white. I'm gonna call the police on them. Yeah, I like to think that's wrong. But like, what if he kidnapped that kid? I've been. That's I've tough. been in the kind of. Nah, I'm not gonna say the same situation. But I remember one time I had ex girlfriend and the her mom asked me to babysit the mm-hmm. younger sister. So I was like. I was okay. cool with them. I was yeah. expected. So I mean, one time I went to, I think we, I went to the store. Mm-hmm. I remember, I think my dad saw me or something, right? So he was yeah. like, it was, he was like, yeah, man. We said, what are you doing? I was like, I'm you know. he, was, he was just like, yeah, man, you got to be careful. If police pull you. And then at the time yeah, I was that like. That looks crazy. Yeah, at the time I was like, what the fuck is he talking about? And then now I was like, as and I, as, as we talk about this sometimes now. It like, takes time. I was like, damn. Yeah. And sometimes you don't even have time to comprehend that and you end up in the situation where the police pulled you over and you're going like, no, uh, this is my girlfriend. And it sounds, you don't even know it. You don't even know it sounds crazy. Explain. No, no, no. This is my girlfriend's mother's kid. Yeah. And I'm babysitting her. Where's the girlfriend? She just is, um, at camp. Yeah. And it could be the truth, but you go, 
So you're babysitting your girlfriend's mother's kid, and yeah. you're not with the girlfriend in a purple minivan. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I forgot you drove the I, yeah man. You drove you drove the pedo van, bro. You drove you drove the old head. You drove a minivan. At like nine, at like seventeen, it was like yeah, it was like eighteen, nineteen, straight up a mini. Yeah, yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, in that, yeah, wow, you were transporting a child in a minivan. Oh, that's suspect <laughs> as shit, man. Oh, that's suspect as shit. You should have called me. I wouldn't let you do that shit like that. I mean, say no, don't you're not babysitting that kid, man, driving around in a minivan. Are you crazy? That's like when my dad called, like, hey, man, you can't be. Uh... <laughs> was that you? Were you at Lowe's? Uh, <laughs> Hey, man, take that kit back wherever you got it from and drop it back off, man. That looks crazy. He's like, hey, man, if you get pulled over by police, man, it ain't going. And I was like, I was like, what? I was like, no, I'm all right, man. It's my girlfriend's kid. (laughs) Yeah, okay. All right. It's it's wild. You don't don't figure shit out when you tell you grew up. That's wild. Takes time and experience, man. (laughs) Takes time and experience, man. That's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah, Yeah. that's very crazy. (laughs) So, um, yeah, so uh, the little six-year-old girl who... The person saw and got on the scene and pulled, yeah. the, you know, ran after the van and everything like that. The little girl's father was actually one of the police officers who was on the scene first mm. and who discovered that the child was in the back of the van tied up. So he didn't even, he didn't know. even know. Wow. He just, they just, he just showed up to a scene of like, which I'm surprised he didn't blow that dude's, yes. blow this dude's brains out immediately. But, you know, he's just a police officer, gets the call. There's a six year old girl in a van, uh, you know, we need all units on deck. He shows up, goes through the look through the van. It's his kid. What are the odds? And he didn't shoot him. I'll let the whole clip off on him immediately. Oh my goodness, that's a lot. That's restraint. That is restraint. So, mm-hmm. uh, mm. so she was found tied up, gagged, and stuffed into a sleeping bag. Apart from suffering from shock, the girl was uninjured. She was uninjured, so he didn't have time to molest her. Good. A search of Black's home revealed a large collection of child pornography, which he has a pen, he has a propensity for. He really likes, you know, just comes in that but, black box. Yeah, but he this wasn't enough to stop him from doing actual child abductions and molestations. Yeah, I guess maybe he was using it for as long as he could, like he did in the past, and then he got that itch, just went out and just snatched the kid in broad daylight. Yeah, got caught. The following month, Black was convicted of kidnapping the girl and given a life sentence. On May 19, 1991, the jury found Black guilty on all counts, mm. and he was sentenced to life imprisonment and told that he should serve at least 35 years behind bars before even being considered for parole. This would keep him behind bars until at least 2029, when he will be 82 years old if he is still alive. Jesus. Police have asked Black about the disappearance of up to nine other girls whose fates remain unknown but have not made any progress. The files on these missing children all remain open. And that was the story of Smelly Rob. He can at least do that. Why does he call Smelly? I mean, Smelly Bob. I don't know. Probably because he's just some weird dude who fucking creeps around kids and everything like that. But I don't have a specific reason as to why they call him Smelly Bob. But Smelly Bob is a appropriate nickname for a child molester. It's very creepy. It's a very creepy nickname. Not a flattering nickname at all. Smelly Bob. Smelly Bob. That was the story of Smelly Bob. He was a creep. Big time. Big time creep. I think Is he still alive? That's a good question. I don't know. I didn't I didn't do further research on that. I know he's in prison. Yeah. And he won't be eligible eligible for parole until twenty twenty nine. And he will be eighty two years old at that time. So Mm. 
He might be dead. I don't know. I'll give you an update next week, maybe, or okay, at the end cool. of this episode. All right. Um, yeah, I think child molestation is just about the darkest thing you can do. I mean, I mean, murder's terrible, but I don't know, something about taking the innocence from a kid is, is it's really gross and terrible and sad. Anyway, uh, that was my affirmative murder. What we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, it's Fran's turn to tell you some fucked up shit. So stick around. And we're back. Uh... It's my turn to go. Uh, my affirmative murder this week is the Orangeburg Massacre. Oh. Uh, this was in uh, South Carolina. Um, this was um, a big part of black history. Okay. Back in the 60s, but wasn't talked about because it, it was some other shit going on. Yeah. That this got overlooked. A, little, 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 yeah. a lot of shit going on in those 60s. Yeah. And yeah. Um, I mean, this was like a major part in history, but it just wasn't talked about. Yeah. Of the other shit that it was going on simultaneously with when this was going on. Sure. So let's get into it. Um so yeah, this is the Orangeburg Massacre. This was in South Carolina. Nobody's surprised. Uh <laughs> really? Listen. Well Myrtle Beach is in is in South Carolina, right? Or in North Carolina? I think it might be North Carolina. I don't know. I'm not sure. Well black people love Myrtle Beach. It's in yeah. one of those Carolinas. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, as much as we want to say nobody's surprised and back even, then even you telling your story about you go into Myrtle Beach and there's a big Confederate flag yeah. and all this kind of stuff. It's like, black people still go there? Yeah, still nice. You know? Yes, still exactly. Nice. Still had a good time. So here we go. So after the passage of the Civil Rights Act of 1964, segregation had officially ended in much of the South. But it had it changed the attitudes of some of its white citizens? That's the part that doesn't get talked. That gets overlooked. It's like, oh, well, the Civil Rights Bill passed. It's like, that doesn't make people not racist yeah, anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So many blacks were still pers- persecuted and discriminated against by whites. Mm. One such person was Harry Floyd, owner of All-Star Bowling Triangle Bowling Alley in Orangeburg, South Carolina. He claimed his bowling alley was exempt from segregation laws since, since it was private property. Mm. But Orangeburg's, Orangeburg's black community was determined to change his mind. So Harry Floyd was a white dude who owned a bowling alley. Owned a bowling was alley. Like, I don't care what the law says. Yeah. <laughs> I don't let niggers in this yeah, bar. This is the private property. I make my own laws. Got it, got it, got um, it, got it. So where do you stand on that, by the way? That's interesting. What? Because there's this whole argument of um, it, like, I'm a Christian, right? Mm-hmm. And I own a wedding venue. And I don't think, you know, my Bible says gay marriage is illegal. It's my business. So I don't let people, gay people get married here. Should that business be closed down? Should it be closed down? I'm I'm more of or the belief of like it should be exposed. It should be like a sign in front of it or yeah, on a window. Like people should know that this is how they feel. Yeah. And then you choose or not whether or not to go. Yeah. I just think there's a there's a tough because like I said I'm I'm this that crab place we've mentioned that thing. That's what that's what, that's what when I was reading this would it remind me of. It's just gotten so hot out yeah. of hand at this point. There's still people picketing outside. It's like yeah. just don't just don't go. Just don't go. Yeah. You know. This is exactly what it remind me of. Like oh they racist. We all, everybody there, knows now. We've yeah. all everybody. We've told everybody they're racist. Let's go over there. Let's go somewhere else now. Yeah, but I'm talking about this. What reminds me they're of? They're like, no. Let's go. We're, we're gonna, gonna go, go in front of it, and we're gonna confront the owner. Got it. The racist owner, and be yeah. like, hey, you know what's going on? Yeah. Um. Yeah. So, uh, Orangeburg was the site of two mostly black universities, which is South Carolina, mm-hmm. which is SC State, and Claff, Claflin University. Okay. This put the town in a unique position of having more educated blacks than some other southern states. Mm. Many, stu- many students became involved in the civil rights movement and were determined to turn the tide of racism within their small town and beyond. 
So local black leaders tried several times to convince Floyd to integrate his bowling alley. Uh-huh. He refused time and time again, stating it would offend his longtime clientele. And again, I'm, I think in nineteen in the nineteen sixties, I think actually that's interesting. I think there's more of a parallel to the nineteen sixties as far as the radical feeling mm-hmm. to now than maybe five years ago. I'd go. Well, if they're racist, man, just don't bowl there. Yeah. But now it's like, no, you're racist. We are going to bowl here. Yeah. In defiance of you. Yeah. But also where did, uh, also where this bowling alley is located, though? Oh yeah, because it's it's a mostly black town. Yeah. Got it. Yep. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So it's like we're 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 in college and we're black and this is yeah. It's like between two popular yeah. all black colleges or whatever black yeah. mostly black colleges and then it's like. Oh, you can't bowl we here can't, on the weekends. Yeah, we can't go there to have fun or whatever. And you, kind of like saying you're in our town almost. But So on February 5th, 1968, a small group of students from both SC State and Claflin went to went to All-Star Bowling Lanes to pro, to protest its um, whites-only policy. Mm. Floyd refused them entry, and they left peacefully. Word of Floyd's refusal spread across both college campuses like wildfire. Yeah, so then... Th- the next wave of black people that come aren't going to be as peacefully leaving. The next night, a larger crowd returned to the bowling alley Mm -hmm. and were met by police who threatened to blast them Mm. with water from fire hoses. Mm -hmm. The students fought back by taunting them and lighting matches. A plate glass window was broken and the police began beating students, male and female alike with um, billy clubs. Mm. Protester Emma McCain later recalled, I remember feeling the sense of pain when they were beating me. It was almost like they were trying to teach me a lesson or something. We were all unarmed. By night's end, 15 students had been arrested and at least 10 students and one police officer were treated for injuries. So again, word spread quickly about the bowling alley, unrest, unraging students and escalating tensions in um, Orangeburg, expecting looting and violence some store owners armed themselves. Mm. They was, yeah, this, this sounds very familiar yeah. as well. Um, so Governor Robert McCain, supposedly one of the more moderate um, governors of the Deep South, insisted black power leaders were inciting the students' unrest and called the National Guard, mm. tanks and all, to intimidate the students and um, just basically just squash all the violence. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Just try to stop it before it got started. Yeah. So the student protesters were and to, joined to squash it with force as opposed to understanding and yeah. listening. Yeah. I'm, I'm, again, I'm not saying this bowling alley. Well, they should just let. Me. I, I am saying that. I, yeah. I was trying. I'm trying to be as like diplomatic as I can be as a as saying like you know it's not okay to riot and loot and everything. But if this bowling alley wasn't racist and segregated. Yeah. That's all they want to do is bowl, yeah, and give you money. But I'm also a person that's like, why would I want to give this? You know what I mean? Like, it's big. It's more about the principle at this point. It's yeah. not about going bowling. It's like this is racist and it's not right to be segregated. Yeah, but I feel like he he probably would. But then you got him looking at his his, his old his clientele. older clientele. Like, He's like man, now we're not going to come there because now you got blacks in here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the student protesters were joined by Cleveland Sellers. I'm going to bring his name up later again. Okay. Cleveland Sellers, um, a native South Carolinian. Is that how you say it? 
um, and civil rights activist. <laughs> sure. After graduating from Howard University in 1967, Sellers mm. had returned to South Carolina with the goal of teaching students about black history. Mm. His activism, however, put him on the government's radar and earned him a reputation as a black militia. Mm. So by Thursday, February 8th, Sellers and hundreds of students had gathered on S on SC State's campus to protest racial seg- segregation at the bowling alley and other privately owned establishments. National Guard troops and heavy law enforcement um, presence commanded by Chief Pete Storm were also there under orders to keep the protesters on campus and prevent them from inciting a riot. Mm. Many of the police officers were armed with shotguns and buckshots. So the students started a large bonfire in front of the campus entrance. They taunted law enforcement and threw rocks and other objects at them. Eventually, Chief Storm ordered the fire to be put out. A firefighter extinguished extinguished the fire, and a police officer was struck heavy with a heavy wooden banister. Oh. Yeah. Jeez. So unsure of what was happening and claiming to have heard gunshots, some police raised their guns and opened fire in a darkness, um, opened fire in the darkness upon the protesters for several seconds. Mm. So they just shot, shot in the crowd blindly. of people. In the crowd of people. Like the dude that shot Breonna Taylor. Yep. So utter chaos and terror ensued, and students scrambled to escape. Three students were shot and killed by police. Mm. Freshman Sammy, um, freshman Sammy Hammonds was shot in the back. Seventeen-year-old high school student um, Delano Middleton, whose mother worked at SC State, was shot seven times. Mm. And eighteen-year-old Henry Smith was shot three times. At least twenty-eight protesters were shot and wounded, mostly in their back or the side, as they fled uh, the assault. Just Sellers, fired blindly yep, into so, a crowd. Yep, and Sellers was shot in, in an armpit. Mm. So Sellers was the guy that, you know, that graduated and came back yeah. and gathered everybody. Teach black like, history. Yeah, we're going to fight this. And he got shot in the armpit. Lucky him. Yeah. So Sellers was taken into custody at the hospital and charged with inciting a riot. Mm. Um, Chief Storm claims Sellers took advantage of America's fear of black power and fired up students who would never have staged resistance on their own. We've just been having the same argument for. 60 years, man, beyond that. It's just crazy. Yeah. Because right now we're living in a time where on the on the other side of what's going on, instead of listening to these people and everything, you go, this is it's fake news and here's the, the, the statistics and you guys are they're listening to these people. They're being incited and lied to and all this kind of stuff. And it's like, it's been the same conversation. For, it's, so has it always been a lie? Like, what are we supposed to, what are we going off of here, man? I mean- it's been the same conversation for generations, man. It's crazy. The same, all this, it's all the same words, you know. Control the riots and looting. Fears of riot and looting. People, you know, not liking. What's going on? I'm sorry. Did you? <laughs> I guess you can get. This. You sent me something on what's name, right? On Venmo. Did some? Did somebody comment on there? Comment on the Venmo. I'm legit sugar mama. <laughs> I'm not cutting this. Uh, so I sent Fran. I what the fuck s- is oh, going Jesus on, Christ. I sent Fran a payment for the shirts. <laughs> and we got two comments on. This is very distracting. I'm not going to cut this out. First comment is, hi, I have a que- I have a question. Can you text me at this phone number if anyone want to buy an iPhone 11 Pro Max? I didn't know you could get spam on Venmo. And then the next question is, hello, you girls and boys. I'm legit sugar mommy. I am looking for a sugar baby I can spoil with my money. Sugar baby needed. 
first 50 to text me got $5,000 immediately and $2,000 for their weekly payment. Text me right now on my WhatsApp at another phone number. Her name is Sugar Mommy. Her her at her 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 account name is Sugar Mommy. Sugar Mummy. Mummy, yeah. <laughs> Sugar what Mummy. I don't know, man. Uh I don't know. I had that shit threw me off. I was like, what the fuck is that? It's distracting. Anyway, so yeah, no, it's been going on for it's been going on for generations, man. It's fucked up, it's craziness, times and all that kind of stuff. Anyway. Yeah. It's the same it's like it's the same thing. Yeah. Again, this this, again, this if this was in a news article tomorrow, it would fit now. At even you know, even though this was sixty years ago, it would fit it would fit right now. Sugar Daddy John. Somebody responded? Yes. Is that a whole conversation happening? I don't on the know, demo? man. <laughs> I'm looking to be a sugar baby. <laughs> wait, well, hold on, wait. I'm sorry. Breathe the thing. We'll just... All right, sorry. <laughs> Should keep out of the right, man. Sugar Daddy John. All right, man. Um, yeah, so Sellers uh, was taken into custody at the hospital and charged with inciting a riot. Chief Storm claimed Sellers took advantage of Americans, America's uh, fear of black power, po- black power, and fired up students uh-huh. who would never have stage resistance on their own. And Governor McNair also blamed the incident on black power um, agitators. So the Orangeburg massacre happened within days of the Tet Offensive. So, um, the Tet Offensive was, uh, you know, what the Tet Offensive is? No. So the Tet Offensive was a shocking military campaign and the major turning point in. Um, the Vietnam War. Okay. So on January 30th, 1968, um, the North Vietnamese Army and Southern Communist rebels known as the, the Viet Cong launched a number of coordinated attacks against the U.S. Mm-hmm. and South Viet- Vietnamese troops. So with that happening, that war happening, and this going at the same time is mm-hmm. why this story got overshadowed so much and mm-hmm. it doesn't, it's not talked about got in it. history at all. Got it, got it, got it, got it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the Orangeburg massacre happened within days of the, the Tet Offensive in the Vietnam War. As a result, was largely ignored by the press. In addition, some press coverage was incorrect. So he mm-hmm. tried to, but it just nobody was paying the story to mind. Maybe this is one of the storylines in that shitty Spike Lee movie that I can't finish, The Five Bloods. Five, five Bloods, yeah, man. You know, I, I didn't see it. It's yet. something to do with the Vietnam War, but it is. It just looks very shitty. But did you? So you did. Well, I watched like about 20 minutes okay, of it. Just the way that okay. it's shot is very shitty. I go, oh, this looks like a, uh, it's like a B movie. You know how there's, there's quality A movies with good, it is well shot and all that kind of stuff. And then you watch, sometimes you watch a movie and you go, this just feels cheap. I think it got like a high rating on Rotten Tomatoes though. I think that's just people being like, <laughs> right on, yeah. right, right on brother, right, black power. I think it's a lot of that, but I am going to watch it because I do, I've been hearing, if you, apparently if you don't like the five bloods, you're an Uncle Tom. So I'm going to try yeah. to watch The Five Bloods because I don't want to be a sellout. Yeah. And I just want to finish it so I can fully say it's trash. But I'm about 25% through the movie and it's trash. But I will finish the movie. Okay. And, when you let me know. I'll let you know. Uh, so for instance, the Associated Press initially reported that the student protesters had been armed. Mm-hmm. Fired first and oh. exchanged. Of course, they, f- they the flipped spin. the story. The spin, yeah. Fired first and exchanged gunfire with the police officers. This was false. Although some officers later later stated um, that they heard small ar- small arms fire and believed that they were being shot at before shooting into the crowd in self defense. This shit just been happening, man. Like just of course, that's what they use. Spins and just it's the same story over yep. and over again. Man. It's crazy. 
So the black community was appalled at the slaughter and the subsequent bad press. Many took the streets in protest and demonstrated in Columbia, South Carolina's capital. So civil rights leader Martin Luther King, Martin Luther King Jr. sent a telegram to President Lyndon B. Johnson stating that the deaths in uh, Orangeburg lie on the conscience of, of Chief Storm and the government of South Carolina. The head of the N- the head of the NAACP traveled to Orangeburg to challenge the media's portrayal of the confrontation. So out of so out of the out of at least 70 armed police officers on the scene of Orangeburg massacre, just nine were charged with shooting in the shooting at the protesters. Mm. The federal government brought them to trial for imposing summary punishment without due process of law, even through U.S. Attorney General Ramsey Clark. Later said the officers had lost their self-control and committed murder. And they were found not guilty and got jobs again. At the trial, the officers testified they acted in self-defense. Despite no solid evidence to support their claims, all men were acquitted. Shocker. (laughs) And then they went back to being police officers in some other district, I'm sure. Uh, So one of the officers, Corporal Joseph uh, Lanier Jr., uh, would later say, I was just a soldier. I was a person that was... That was there reacting to what my leaders had told mm-hmm. me to do. Mm-hmm. He also said, we tried so hard for it not to happen, but it did happen. Mm-hmm. And for those others to think that um, we were wrong in the way we went about it, you would have had, you would have to been in our shoes. I'm sure. And again, it's all the same kind of language. I've even given the same leeway to police officers in today's time where I'm like, I'm not a police officer. I don't know. All these kind of things. But when you're acting blindly under the orders of an oppressive system, mm. of course you're not going to see anything wrong with what you're doing. He's like, I just was following orders. Yeah. I'm not racist. I just was doing what they told me to do. And yeah. it's like, okay, but where's your individuality to go, this is wrong. Yeah. I'm not going to shoot blindly into the dark or whatever and just shoot people, a crowd of American c- citizens. Yeah. You know, that's crazy, man. So Sellers wasn't lucky. He was brought to trial on September September 1970. Um, but the state couldn't prove he um, incited a riot at NC State on the night of February 8th. The judge, however, allowed the state to charge him with rioting at the bowling alley. Instead, he was convicted and sentenced to one year of hard labor, and he was released after seven months. So he did time. He did time, yeah. And none of the officers who murdered people mm. did any time. Nope. Seems fair. Seems fair. Seems fair enough. Um, so after Seller's conviction, the state... Uh, South Carolina effectively closed the book on Orange Bear Massacre. So, um, Guy Sellers he wrote a book while he was in while he was incarcerated. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's called it's an autobiography, "The River of No Return." The autobi the autobiography autobiography of of a black militia and the life and death of SNCC. Um, so that was just a book he wrote while he yeah. was in. Um, Hard yeah. labor camp or whatever. Yeah. Uh. So. So they said that the South Carolina effectively closed the book on the Orange Bear massacre, despite no one being held accountable for those students killed and injured that night. It's funny how this isn't heritage and history. There's no statues to commemorate this incident, to, so that we all never forget that it happened and always remember it. But there's all these statues of these Confederate soldiers <laughs> yeah. and all this kind of, because we can never forget that these things happen, but there's so many other things that have happened in this history of America that aren't being commemorated and need statues. Yeah. So that always, that's always the question I have where it's like, 
where are the other statues for these other things that have happened that are major moments in American history, but it's so many Confederate statues. That that's so what many really, is crazy. That's what really matters is the Confederate the Civil War. Yeah. That's that's what really matters. Not like statues of all these different other progressive presidents or civil rights leaders or yeah. people who have invented incredible things that are from America. It's like, no, no, no. Uh, here's a, a, sculpt, a statue of a dude on a horse with a sword. Yeah. It's crazy, man. So the lack of justice and conflicting accounts of what had happened inflamed the racial divide between blacks and white residents of Orangeburg. Mm-hmm. Even many historians have largely left the incident out of civil rights articles and educational textbooks. It's like, like it never happened. Yep. Survivors of the Orangeburg massacre were determined the deaths of Hammond, Middleton, and Smith would, would not be in vain. In 1999, many joined with white Orangeburg residents and called for a healing in the community. In 2003, Governor Mark Sanford offered a written apology for the massacre. In Great. 2006, Cleveland, Cleveland Sellers' son, Bakari, okay. was elected to Oh, Bakari s- Sellers. I know Bakari Sellers. He's, yep. a, he's like a spokesperson. He like speaks on TV a lot. Yeah, well, I was going to get to him when I was at Wow, okay. So Bakari Sellers was elected to the South Carolina legislature, speaking with emotion at a NC State memorial service to honor those lost in the massacre. He said, we join here today in our, mem- in our own memorial to remember three dead and 27 injured, 27 injured and yet another massacre that marked yet another um, people's struggle against oppression. Wow. These men who died here were not, were not martyrs um, to a dream, but soldiers to a cause. Despite official government apologies, most survivors of the Orangeburg massacre feel South Carolina continues to suppress knowledge of what really happened, sure. which is wild. Um, more than 50 years later, they're still haunted by the, the carnage that took place and vow to continue to honor the victims and work to bring the truth to light um, and to prevent the repeat of this tragedy. Now, the only reason why I found this story because I listened to the podcast. I listened to Danny Green's podcast, mm-hmm. Who Plays for the Lakers. Yeah. Um, his podcast is called in the in the, it's called in, inside in the, the green, green room or something. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So he had Bakari Sellers on there, and he was he was the one speaking on about this because his dad was yeah. played a major part in Cleveland this. Sellers. Yeah. So his name Bakari Sellers. He's so he, the guy that moved there to teach at the his school. Son. Right? His, no, I'm saying his, Cleveland. His dad. But I'm yeah, saying Cleveland, Cleveland Sellers. That's in your story. He was that guy, right? He was he that moved guy there to yep. teach. And, he was that guy. Um. So what happened? So what he said that in the podcast, he said that his his dad was charged. Had five felony counts of inciting him. a riot or whatever. Yeah, with all the other shit he tried to charge against him, and he was supposed to. He had he was facing up to seventy five years in prison. Oh, but they had no evidence for that. That's only why they. That's only reason why in, they gave him nine months or whatever. A year in prison. And he did seven, and he did seven months because they said they said a couple officers remember him being on top of a um a fire a firefighter truck saying uh something let the city burn or something like that. Yeah, yeah. So that's why they charged him for that. But um. Yeah, so that's how I found this podcast. The crazy thing is, if 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 I wouldn't let, never listen to the episode, I've never heard of. This I would story. never heard. I would never heard the story. I would never bring you. I would never came here to tell you a story, sure. and we wouldn't be able to, to be on our platform to tell other people about this story. Absolutely. So that's the crazy part about it. He was just like he said. He was like, yeah. He's like, you guys probably don't know about this story because it's not in none of educational books in school. No, it's not being talked about. And I've never heard of this story ever. But interestingly enough, though, there's a similar situation that happened. I don't even I don't know how many people died, but there's a a similar incident that happened at this college called Kent State, mm-hmm. Kent State, where the police came and there was some unrest and yeah. some violence, and the police opened fired on students on a college campus, 
and it's so similar to this story. Yeah. And yet I've heard of people talking about the Kent State Massacre and stuff like that. But what's this called again? The Orangeburg Massacre. I've never heard of this. No. I've never heard of this before. Nope. The Orangeburg, I've never heard of the Orangeburg Massacre. I know who Bakari Sellers is. Yeah. I've never heard him tell that part of his life, and I had no idea. I, it's it, it, When you said Bakari Sellers, I didn't even think anything about Cleveland Sellers. Yeah. But then you say Bakari Sellers, I was like, oh, wow, that dude's on CNN all the time. Yeah. So th- Yeah, that's wild. Wow, yeah. I've never heard of this. The Orangeburg Massacre, I've never heard of that before. Yep. So, I thought that was cool, so I'm the, glad. The history, history, the textbooks are written by the victors, you know what I mean? So, yeah. whoever wins the fight is who can write the stories and tell what parts they want to tell and all this kind of stuff. So to me, when I hear that story, if South Carolina doesn't, isn't acknowledging that this happened, it's telling me that the people who are still in control of the paradigm in South Carolina don't want people to know about the story. Yeah. This, and I got the story. This was from history.com. So here's here's the picture of the, you know, the article just, those are photos. Those aren't even drawings. Those aren't even drawings. Those aren't even photos. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yep, just white officers standing with the clubs over these these beaten black um, individuals. Yeah, man. So that's the Orangeburg massacre. So, wow. Yep. Any questions? I mean, I have questions for America, but not. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck and get answers. Yeah, I, I have, I have, I have no questions for you. Um, but yeah, wow, the Orangeburg massacre. Yep, I'm gonna do some more research on that. I need, to, I need to know more about that. But in the meantime, let's go ahead and get into these good vibes. So we can get out of here because I am faded. All right, welcome back, people. It's time for the good vibe segment. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if my story is a good vibe. Okay. I mean, I guess you can have a read it and then I'm I mean, along for the ride, man. Let's see what happens. So, um, so my good vibe story is a 19 year old man charged in the fatal shooting. Okay. Of, of, <laughs> let me, let me finish. I'm okay. I'm with a 19 you, man. Year old I got man, you. Okay. This is in Chicago. 19 year old man charged in the fatal shooting of four people okay. at a Chicago fast food restaurant restaurant. Okay. Last week. Uh-huh. May have been seeking to avenge his father's murder. Okay. <laughs> so police took Maurice Hart Harris into custody Tuesday and charged him in the fatal shooting that authorities believe was a gang-related attack. The four killings were among eight homicides <laughs> that occurred between the late late Wednesday and Thursday that night uh, in the city's South Shore neighborhood. Uh huh. Police allege that Harris's car- Harrison carried out the attack. The day after his father, Jerry Jacobs, was gunned down as he walked in the neighborhood. Jacob was a documented gang member, and Harris had an extensive rap sheet as a juvenile. Now. Okay. And his dad died? His dad got killed. Okay. And then the day after. He went and murdered He went and murdered the dudes that gunned his dad down. And I've read like five, I've read like three to four different articles. One article, (laughs) one article I read that he got acquitted from these charges. He didn't get charged nothing. Okay. Another one that I read said that um, he was denied bail, but his, sure. his lawyers are trying to get trying to get him bail. But <laughs> I thought it was pretty cool that he was like, "Fuck this!" <laughs> I thought he was like, "Fuck this!" They killed my dad. I'm going to get these motherfuckers. Fuck that. So I thought it was pretty cool. It may not be a good vibe to y'all, but it's a good vibe to me. <laughs> yeah. Um. What you think? 
great no that's super cool he uh he killed four people no that's, that's awesome that's great vibes um <laughs> Uh, hey awesome. man, he wasn't taking it. He wasn't gonna let his dad go out uh, there. They'll, like they'll never kill his dad again. Never. They'll never kill anybody in this family again. <laughs> they learned their lesson. <laughs> uh, my good vibe story is um, not that. <laughs> uh, so my good vibe story is about a man who won the lottery twice. Wow. A little different than what you just said. So Mark Clark may You're be cheating. the lucky. I mean, cheating the system. Yeah, I was, I was a little skeptical, but we're not here to do we're not here to do that, okay? We're not you here to do way that. You should win it twice. Yeah, no, especially for what I tell you, what he, how much you want. Oh my goodness, Mark Clark may be the luckiest man in Michigan, not just Michigan, the fucking the world, Craig, yeah, not ever. just the, <laughs> not just the city, the world. Okay, he may be the luckiest man in Michigan. We'll leave it to Michigan though. After winning a second four million dollar prize what? in the state's instant game lottery, so he won eight million dollars. He won eight million dollars in lottery wow. in lottery money. He's cheating. <laughs> he rigged the system. <laughs> He's cheating. Clark, who lives in South Rockwood, Michigan, won the prize after using a coin given to him by his father, who died last year. Oh, uh, he said, "I scratched the ticket off in the store, and I can't help but think maybe that lucky coin helped me win this." The first time Clark won a four million dollar prize was in December of 2017. So he just won. That was recent. He just won four blickies. Three years ago. Why do you play again? Cause why not? You up four million. What do you mean? What's what do you got to lose? You gonna play again? Hell yeah, I'm gonna play every day. You go no, you're not. If no, I win not. if I win four million dollars, I'm you gonna up. play again. I'm up until I spend four million dollars in lottery money. So I could spend a thousand dollars a week. A, that sounds like a scratch off. I, whatever it is, he had to buy a couple of them. I'm sure, I'm sure he's. He, I'm sure he bought scratch offs every day for a couple years before he won this. That is wild. I wouldn't. That probably I he wouldn't. probably spent a hundred thousand dollars in scratch offs before he won the four million. But it pays off if you hit the four. That is crazy. Anyway, what scratch offs you win four million dollars? Oh, on? good question. I need to move to South Carolina. Anyway, so South if, Carolina. This. What did I say? Wait, wait. Michigan. Michigan. I'm sorry, Michigan. <laughs> I'm thinking of your story. Yeah. Uh, December 2017, he won four million dollars. That was the last time he played the lottery's millionaire millionaires club instant game. Uh, he said, "You don't think you'll win millions once? You don't. You don't think you'll win? You don't think you'll win millions once? And you definitely don't ever think you'll win it twice." Said the 50 year old man, who who he who he kept playing the lottery. He said he kept playing the lottery anyway. So this dude's 50 years old, young, crazy. can go buy a boat. And just retire. I want to know what the, the first one of millionaires that again. Are I think the, the oh, say it again. As I want to know the percentage of like all Mil- millionaires. Millionaires, they're all lottery winners. Very low. <laughs> I'm sure it's like a, a fraction of a percentage. Yeah, I don't think. I, it's, I don't think it's a lot. But the ones that are are frivolous with their money. I'm sure oh, those yeah. are the least like conservative because they don't know how to invest or anything. It's like, oh, I, I have ten million dollars now. Yeah. But also, it's that thing of it's always that question of, do you want the money? stretched out like do you want to get monthly oh, yeah. payments or do you want a lump sum because the lump sum might be i think we talk about this the before. lump sum might be 2.1 million dollars not four but then the the four million dollars over a lifetime might be you get five hundred thousand dollars you get two hundred thousand dollars a year over 10 years or something like that you know i'll take that you take that that's nice that's a nice little salary what but then, work. But then getting 2.1 straight up i don't know That'd be easy to run through that though. Anyway, is it? I don't know. I never had a million dollars. So I, I know, right? <laughs> I've I've run through some money, but it is not millions. Yeah. Uh, so he said after the first win, I retired from my job and spent a lot of my time fishing. You know, probably on my boat. That's yeah. not in there. But I spent a lot of my time fishing. 
My dad and I used to fish together and have great memories of that. So this will help me keep fishing and, and enjoy my time with my son and my family. Another $4 million will help me keep on fishing. Oh, that'll go into the fishing fund. Yeah, I'm sure it will, Mark. This is him holding both his uh his big ass lottery you know, lottery checks, the mega millions, the big checks. That's crazy. <sighs> Single handedly holding both of them. Uh, Clark chose to accept his prize. Here we go. Clark chose to accept his prize as a one time lump sum payment of two point five million dollars rather than the annuity payments for the full amount. He said, "I've had a lot of ups and downs in my life, but everything is pretty amazing right now. I bet it is, Mark Clark. Uh, it's hard to put into words." In- put into words exactly what i'm feeling i i wouldn't be able to i probably would have had a, i probably would have died a million dollars no four million dollars and then oh, you yeah. win another yeah, yeah, yeah. then you win another four million dollars but the first time you're like in a snap of thinking you're a millionaire it's like what and it's like would you like the would you like the four million dollars spread out over yearly no, payments give, my money, give, like, my, give my two million would you right like now. two and a half million dollars up front like two and a half mi- i'll take the two and a half million dollars all day oh my god Shout out to Mark Clark, man. Rest in peace to his dad. And but thank you to Dad for giving him that lucky coin. Yeah, man. Which you know, either the lucky coin rubbed off and he won the lottery for four million dollars twice, or he rigged the system. Only time will tell. Yeah. If I have an update on Mark Clark, him rigging the system, I'll let you know. But it sounds like he just bought a lottery ticket in a grocery store and scratched it off, and it won. I think he rigged it, but he gave me some money to shut me up. <laughs> yeah, this platform is powerful, Mark Clark. And if you want to not be blackmailed by the the power of the affirmation, we need six. How much? We need six hundred thousand dollars. We need six hundred thousand dollars. That's three for you, and that's three for me. That's yeah, fair. Yeah. We need six hundred thousand dollars, Mark Clark, or you, we we will expose you, yeah. and you will be canceled. Yep. That's not that's not good vibes, man. Let's not do that. Let's no. not do that. Um. Uh, if I haven't mentioned it already before, I'm. I'm pretty drunk. Yeah. Um, Smell like it. That's that's wine mixed with some other things. Right. Um, but no, this has been this has been fun, man. It's been you know it's a late night. Late night. We're pulling, yeah. we're pulling a late one, but we got we, you know, we got to put this content out yeah. there. Man. I'm going to the beach tomorrow. Oh jeez. What time? Whoop de do. What time you got to get up? Four. Jeez, man. Black people in beaches. Do your does your kid have to wear sunscreen? Yeah. So you've have you learned about the SPFs and the you don't know? No. Yes, here I was talking to me. She goes, My mom wants I have 15, but she wants me to get 30 because she wants to get a tan. I'm like, yeah, I don't you're know speaking Dutch about. to me right yeah. now. I don't know anything about what you're talking about. It's all a foreign language to me. But good luck, have fun. As much as I don't want to go, it's like God, Yeah. Where where I go. Yeah, and then you drive out there and it's like, what happens once you're done with the beach? Cause you'll be done with the beach before everybody else. Oh, for sure. Just, I was like, is there anything else I can do? Like walk around? Like I don't. Everything's. I, I don't. I don't. Or you have I don't to wear read. Mask. I don't read books, so I'm not gonna lay on the beach and read a book. Can we get an audio book, maybe. <laughs> I, can't, I can't fall asleep in the heat. How does that work? <laughs> read and fall asleep. I hate the beach so much. I hate the heat. She like, you know, when you work, I work in the heat. I get paid to. That's my job. I'm not sitting on the heat like, for because fun. I work in the heat. I'm not like I like the heat. Yeah, now. I hate it more. I'd love That's to spend ridiculous. my day off in an air-conditioned house. What kind of argument is that? Now I got to sit here Well, you work in the heat. Like, exactly. Why would <laughs> I want to be out here for free? What do you mean? God, man. I hate it. I'm so, I, I don't even want to go to sleep because I don't want the day to go. <laughs> <laughs> That's so dark. I'm just going to stay up and maybe it'll never. If I never go to sleep, maybe I'll never have to get up to go to the beach. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get out of here so I can get so you can go home and go to sleep, man. Uh, this is. <laughs> 
This has been another episode of Affirmative Murder. I've been Alvin Williams, joined as always by my partner in true crime, Franco Evans, and we'll see you guys next week. Deuces. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park.